Ephesians chapter 2. I'll just read it off the screen. Ephesians 2, verse 8. It's real short. For it's by grace through faith. Someone shout faith. For it's by grace through faith that you have been saved. Jesus, we thank you for your grace this morning. We thank you for the faith that you give to us. The Bible is clear that the faith is a gift from the Holy Spirit. And we thank you for the faith you've given us. But I pray today, Lord, that our faith would increase in this place. Let the seed of faith be planted on our hearts this morning, Lord, and fertile soil so that it would produce a crop a fruit for your kingdom 30, 60, and 100 fold. I pray that, Lord. I pray that. Increase the level of faith, expectation in this house and in our lives, I pray. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Before you're seated, high five, five people. Why don't you tell them this? Say, you gotta have faith. Tell them. Say, you gotta have faith. You gotta have faith. Well, good morning, CWC. Come on, man. If you believe God is good, someone shout, God is good. Come on, shout it like you mean it. God is good. Amen. Amen. I know I'm good, and I'm telling you, man, it's so good to be in the house of God, surrounded with the people of God. Amen. Being able to to come together and worship a God who's always good. That's literally always good. He's always, always good. Even when life isn't good, man, we need to be reminded that, that God is, is good. So amen. Amen. So look, it's the most wonderful time of the year. I won't sing. <clears throat> that's acapella. That's even out of my comfort zone a little bit too. Not too much as embarrasses me, but that will. Yeah, man, it's a wonderful time of the year. It's Christmas time, man. And I got to tell you, I love Christmas. And so if you're a Grinch looking to steal it, you can take off somewhere else with that. Because man, I'm all about me some Christmas uh, season, you know, for real. But but let me clarify, let me clarify a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't love the fact that it's, you know, commercialized so so much, I will say. I don't, I don't love that. But, but what, what I do is I refuse to allow the temperature or the culture set the temperature of this Christmas season. Like, like they're not going to tell me what Christmas is all about. I'm going to show them what Christmas is all about. So I refuse to allow culture to set the temperature. But you know what else I refuse to allow? I refuse to allow religious people to steal the joy of Christmas too. It will not happen in my life. Man, you know, because listen, man, I, I'm not a person that, that wants to stick to the letter of the law per se, right? Meaning, meaning this, some, some people would say, some Christian people would say, well, Jesus wasn't born in December, so why do we celebrate it in December? Okay, okay, fine, all right. However, the heart behind Christmas is very simple. It's a time that we set aside every single year as a country, as a people, as a nation. We set it aside to celebrate the birth of Christ. And that's, that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Really? 
<laughs> Charlie Brown, actually, that, that, they do really good with the Christmas story. But, you know, for us to make sure that we remember the reason for the season and not get sucked into all these other things that are trying to pull on us and distract us from, from the heart of it, man. We get to come together and celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I say all that to simply say this, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Took me 10 minutes to get to there. You're in for a long day. Amen. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I do believe I have a word for you this morning. I'll even put a timer on myself for you. Um, but look, because it's, it's Christmas, man, we're going to launch into a brand new series. And that series is titled Faith. Come on, someone shout faith. Now tell your neighbor, you got to have faith. Faith. Yeah. A couple weeks ago, right, we, we came out of a series, we ended a series titled Fear. And I actually feel like it really sets us up nicely to walk into this series titled Faith. Because the truth of the matter is, is this, if we truly fear God, we will truly put our faith solely in God. And look, I know that that sounds, that sounds crazy, right? That, that sounds crazy. But, but to be really honest with you, most of the things in our faith sound crazy. It literally sounds crazy. But we'll get to that in this series, I promise you, further down, further down the road. But, but man, to say that the fear of God can cause us to have faith in God sounds absolutely crazy because our minds have been conditioned to think that the opposite of faith is fear. So there can be no faith if there's fear present in the situation and in the moment. This is, this is what we, we've come to, to learn and be conditioned by. And it, it shocks our human psyche to think, wait a minute, so fear can cause faith? It shocks us. But as we learned during our last series, the, the fear series, that there's two types of fear on the earth. There's two types of fear. There's a, there's a fear that will, will bind you, but then there's a fear that will, will free you. And, and I don't have time right, to go and recap all that, that series for sure, but, but I do want to reiterate just one point. And it's the point that I made in the very last message of the last series, and it was this. If we walk in the fear of God, then the fear of God will free us to obey God. And it's so true. And if we put our faith in God, we are very simply being obedient to God. Let me, let me say it this way. The fear of God will free us to put our full faith in God. That's what it'll do. But again, we've been conditioned to think this, that the presence of fear is the absence of faith. And, and let, me, let me clarify just for a moment quickly here. I do believe, because the Bible says it, but I do believe this, that if we are fearing this world, if we're fearing the enemy and what he's doing on the earth, if we're... If, we're, if it's that type of fear we're operating in, then we need God to increase our faith. It's just that simple. It's that clear. It's that easy. It really, really is. You know how I know? It's because Jesus, throughout Scripture, says to his disciples, Oh, ye little faith. 
The one example I'm thinking of is Matthew chapter 8, verse 26, where he looks at the disciples. He says, oh, ye of little faith, why are you so afraid? Okay, now he says this as they're, they're on the Sea of Galilee. They're heading across the Sea of Galilee over to the Gerasenes where there is a demoniac, a man filled with legions of demons. Thousands of demons have possessed this man and Jesus is going to set him free. And so they get into the boat. They head across the Sea of Galilee and the Bible says that a great tempest arose on the sea, a hurricane, if you will. And because the hurricane and the winds were so ferocious, it was tossing their boat. All over the place and water was crashing in. And, but Jesus is asleep in the boat. And the Bible says they run downstairs, the disciples do, and they wake him up. Don't you even care that we're going to die? And Jesus wakes up, Matthew 8, 26. Oh, ye of little faith, why are you so afraid? And what he's very simply saying to his disciples is you need to increase your faith. That's what he's saying. He's saying, your faith in who I am and the ability that I have and the power that I possess needs to increase so that your fear of the storm will cease. That's what he's saying. And listen, man, when I was preparing this, I really felt like the Lord told me to stop right there just for a moment because there's someone here today or multiple people here today that find themselves right in the middle of a storm. And the specific storm that I felt like God speak to my heart, because if I said that, that's pretty vague. Like, oh yeah, of course I'm in a storm. I'm, I'm on this earth. This, this life is full of storms, right? <laughs> like, good job, pastor. Way to be prophetic. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I actually specifically felt like th- th- this person's storm is that they've, they've lost a job because they're being obedient to God. And I'm hearing that frequently. But, but they've lost their job because they're being obedient to God, not because they're a bad employee, let me tell you. <laughs> like, if you're a bad employee and you get fired, that's your fault. Like, you know what I mean? Don't put that on God. You know what I mean? No, no, no. You lost your job because you've been obedient to God. And, I mean, you, you need to hear that, man, God is with you. That God is walking with you. That, that he is in the boat with you. He's, he's taking you through the storm. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. So you no longer have to be afraid of the storm that you're in. Because you can put your faith fully in him. So you can keep on obeying everything he is saying. You just have to keep putting your faith in who Jesus is. Is And I promise you, he'll keep providing for you because he promises too. I will provide for you, right, according to my riches and glory. All your needs, according to my riches and glory, is what the scriptures tell us. And now look, maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you're thinking to yourself, well, pastor, that, that's easy for you to say, right? Because obviously your job, right, it, it actually wants you to obey God's word because of what you do for a living, and so, of course, you're fine with saying, saying all that. But I felt like the Lord told me to share our testimony with you guys today. Because Julie and I are going through this very same thing right now. Right now. So my wife has worked for Penn State for over 12 years. Which is a great job. Right? It's afforded us the opportunity for me to be in full-time ministry. Right? That's what it's done. 
It's afforded us to be able to do that. And look, as far as the past five years go, financially, we've been great. We've been great. And to be quite honest and transparent, we haven't had to have any faith when it came to our finances. None. Because the money was in the bank. You really don't need to to sit there and have a bunch of faith when you got the money in the bank and you just write a check to pay the bill. Now, God's the one that provided it, but when like we were praying every day, like, God, how are you going to provide for us? How how are we going to deal with this? Because he he gave us incredible means to be able to be able to do that. And we've been so grateful for those past five years that we had. But but you know, the Lord Lord said to, to us, that season's over. That season's over. You're entering into a new season because I want to do a new thing in your in your life. And again, we were we were so grateful because the first five years of ministry was all faith because we had zero dollars in the bank. Like there, there was not like we we literally had to pray, God, how are we going to make it to this bill and pay that bill? We would sit down at the beginning of the month and we would lay stuff out and we would write the tithe check. And my wife would say, if you give that tithe, we can't pay for the Verizon phone bills. Well, Verizon can come and get their phone. But I'm not going to not pay my tithes. I'm not going to rob God. And that's how we lived the first five years. But then God blessed us the next, the next five. And it's been, it's been incredible. But that season's done for us. And, and Julie was fired by Penn State because she was being obedient to the word God gave her, not because she was bad at her job. She was really good at her job. Multiple opportunities to move up, move up, move up in her industry and but because God spoke a word and Penn State came directly in opposition to the word that God gave us as a family I don't know how God spoke to you about how you were to get through these crazy times but I know the voice of God in my life and when the Lord says something to me man I try very hard to obey it and live according to it because back in March of 2020 God God spoke directly to us gave us a strategy on how to walk through the crazy things we were facing at that time. And it, it was a crazy, crazy time. But, you know, during it, like, we've been able to navigate pretty much unscathed, right, until these last several weeks when Penn State decided to come directly in opposition with the word. We sat down, we explained to them, hey, listen, this is, this is the reason we can't go along with whatever you're telling us to go along with, these mandates you're trying to put on. We can't do it because God said this to us. And they decided to say they didn't care. And so, boom, she, she loses her, her job. And, and, you know, I remember when the Lord says to me, he says, are you going to have faith in me or faith in them? And listen, that, that's really easy to say when you're not confronted with a really hard decision. When it's actually going to impact every day of your life and how you live your life. When the style of living is completely changing, that's when the rubber meets the road. This is where your faith will be tested in life, right there at that spot. And the Lord was literally like this, said this. I'll never forget what he, how he said it to me. He said, is Penn State your provider or am I? And we had a choice as a family to make in that moment. Are, are we going to choose God? Are we going to choose to trust God's economy or choose to trust my, my check registry? Which one am I going to choose to trust? Because I can pick. I can choose. I have free will to do that. I'm happy to say we, we chose God. We said, God, we trust you. We trust you. Because I trust, I trust that God hasn't brought us this far. 
to let us fall flat on our face now. I mean, God has brought us through. I'm not kidding you. It's been insane things God delivered us from and strengthened us and provided for us. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. And so we decided to, to put our, our faith in him, no matter the cost to us. Our chips are fully in the center of the table. Lord, I'm not sure how you're going to do this, but I trust that you will, that you will do it. And man, I've got to be honest with you. I'm actually really excited to see how God does it. I'm really excited to see because it don't make any sense. I, I don't know how he's going to, but, but I'm excited to see. And, and the reason that I, I share it with you very simply is because God told me to share it with you. But also, for those of you who are going through a storm, man, to know that you're not alone and that there are people all around you going through storms just like you, man, sometimes is really comforting to know because the enemy loves to separate you and, and segregate you from everybody else. You're the only one dealing with this. You're the only one. You're the only one. You're the only one. And it's your fault, and it's your fault, and he just wants to beat you down and tear you up. But it's just not true. There are, there are people probably right beside you who are dealing with really difficult times as well. But you know what else is so important to know? Is that there are people standing firm upon their faith and who God is in this difficult time. It can be done, and it will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. It's important to know that. There are people just like you standing firm, saying, God, I put my faith in you, even though it makes no sense to me. The Bible also says this, that we are overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Being able to share our testimony of faith with our, with our church family, man, it, it strengthens us. It helps us to overcome the fear that's trying to grip us during this time. Because believe me, the enemy hasn't stopped talking. He hasn't stopped lying. He hasn't stopped trying to pull us and get us distracted because he has. And so being able to share the testimony of faith, man, it encourages us and helps us to overcome what the enemy's trying to do to us. Listen, listen. Sharing our testimonies of faith with, with each other has the ability to increase the faith of each other. We will build off of one another and be encouraged off of one another. And man, I, I pray that's what God does through, through our time, especially during this, this series titled Faith. That we'd hear some testimonies and that God would strengthen our, our faith because of it. And then Julie and I, look, we've, we've decided to, to focus on our faith instead of focus on our storm. And here's why, because what I've learned in life is this, that whatever we focus on, we will be consumed by. I'm telling you right now, if we focus our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith, we focus our eyes on Jesus, the Spirit of God will consume us. But man, we start focusing on the stuff that's wrong in our lives, and we just concentrate on that, then those things will consume us, the, the storm will consume us. And, and the reason it wants to consume us is so that it cripples us and keeps us from walking by faith and not by sight. See, it wants to keep us from obeying the word that God has given us. It wants to stop our faith. And listen, you, you each have a word, man. I'm telling you, you press into God. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. As he consumes you, he will reveal to you the word he has specifically your, for your family. 
I'm talking specifically. He is a personal God for a personal you. And he'll reveal to you the strategies that you need to make it through the time you find yourself in. But then there's a, a word for all of us. There's a word God gives us, and it's for all of us. And that word is faith. Someone shout faith. faith. It's faith. And, and why is faith so important for us to get? Well, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 tells us. For it's by grace through faith. Someone shout faith. faith. For it's by grace through faith that you have been saved. Paul says it this way in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. He says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And you believe in your heart. You, you have faith in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Then you will be saved. In other words, if you have faith that Jesus is who exactly he says he is, the son of the one and only God, and then you declare that faith of who he is, the Bible says you'll be saved. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 says it this way, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Our faith. How amazing is that? See, our faith is supposed to free us from the fears that are trying to bind us and cripple us. Our faith in Jesus should enable us to overcome every storm and every trial this life throws at us. Every single one of them. Acts chapter 16, verse 31 says it this way. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your entire household. Glory to God. Man, my mama believed in that, prayed in that, spoke that back to God every day. Lord, you said in your word, by faith I claim it over my family. I declare it over my son, my daughter. Because my faith in Jesus has the ability, the power to save my family and those around us. This is how powerful faith is. This is why faith is such an important thing for us to, to grasp and to walk in. See, what this is, is very simply saying is this. The world should be looking at the church for direction. The world should be coming to the church for wisdom. The world should be coming to the church for instruction on how to make it through this life when all of life is spiraling out of control like these past two years. They should have been coming to us because that's exactly what that text just said. They should have been coming to us, not the other way around, looking to them, pressing into our faith in who, who he is. The pandemic is a great opportunity to share our faith with a hurting world, a broken world, a fearful world. And not for us to follow and listen to how they are instructing us, but pressing into the faith that we have in Christ. This is how we overcome all the trials and the storms of this life. And, and what that, that scripture is saying is, is, is very simply this, that when, when they see us operating in that type of faith, it'll cause them to desire our faith. I wonder what is up with those people. They've got no fear. They got all joy. That they don't have any of that garbage on them. Wonder what's going on with them. And then they come and talk. And you say, well, Jesus, let me tell you about Jesus. 
Let me tell you about him. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So whosoever believes in him, has faith in him, will not perish, but have everlasting life. Our faith in Jesus is what saves us and gives us the promise for eternal life. And I love how 1 Peter chapter 1 says it. It says it this way. Our faith in Jesus is storing up for us an inheritance that will not perish, that will not fade. An inheritance in heaven. And through our faith in Jesus, we are being shielded. We are being backed by the very power of God to go through every storm of this life. Man, that's beautiful. See, our faith, our faith is supposed to be a powerful force because it's being backed by the power of God. You know, when I was studying this, the Lord brought back to my memory. It's been many years ago, but when I was in third grade, it took me clear back to third grade. That is a while ago now, but... mm. And I forgot about it. Yeah, I forgot about this. But as soon as he reminded me, I was like, oh, I remember that. But in third grade, I, I, I had this bully on recess that just did not like me. And this kid, man, he would beat me up every day. Like, literally beat me up. And, and, and it was so bad, I, I can remember. And this went on for several weeks in a row. And I remember it got so bad the one time that I actually just started to come out and sit right by the door. Because I was like, I don't want to get punched again, right? Like, this kid, this kid was way bigger. He's a couple years older than me. I don't even understand. Like, I didn't do anything to this kid either. Like, like nothing. So I never understood why he didn't like me. I mean, I'm so chill and laid back. If I'd be more laid back, I'd be asleep. So, like, I don't know what the friction is here, dude. You know, like, that's obviously a lie. But, yeah. But anyway, I, I, I still couldn't figure it out. But whatever, it doesn't really matter. Bygones be bygones. The Lord rebuke him now. No, I'm just kidding. But... But this dude, man, he would beat me up every day, and, and I was like, man, this is awful. Until one day, I thought of something. I said, well, wait a minute. I have an older friend than he is. Oh, yeah. So I go talk to my older friend. His name was Kobe Abner, by the way. Love Kobe. He was incredible. And I went to Kobe, started sharing with Kobe what was going on. Hey, man, listen, this guy's bully on the, on the you know, playground beating me up, dude. He's beating me up bad. He's like, oh, heck no. We ain't going to have that. So a couple days goes by. We're out on the playground playing. Here comes Kobe out the side doors. Because he wasn't even on recess. He was supposed to be in class. He was that much older than us. He comes out, gets this kid off to the side, and beats the brakes off of him. I mean, beats him. I'm not kidding you. It was really bad, actually. I, I actually started stopping my friend. I was like, hey, hey, he's had enough, right? Like, I think that's enough, Kobe. But can I tell you something? After that day, that bully never messed with me again. (laughs) Never did. Never messed with me again. After that point, man, I tell you, I could walk across the recess, you know, playground with a head held high, smile on my face, walk by him smiling, you know. Now, I didn't taunt him, though. I wasn't stupid. He could still beat me up, right? Like, so I didn't taunt him. Actually, me and him became good friends. Then I was his long-lost friend, right? I was his brother from another mother. Like, it's a miracle how that happens, right? Like, but see, the bully, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't afraid of me, but he was afraid of the one that was backing me. 
Are you picking up what I'm putting down? He was afraid of the one that had my back, that was shielding me, that was there for me, that walked with me. See, this is, this is how our faith should be in Christ Jesus. This is what it should do for us. It should cause us to walk through this life with our head held high, with a smile on our face no matter what the circumstances is we face, no matter what. Not fearing anything or anyone any longer. All that's done because of the one that is backing us. Now look, man, there's our faith. Here's the thing to understand. Our faith doesn't promise us nothing will happen to us. It doesn't promise us that. I don't want you to get thinking, man, if I got faith, nothing's going to happen to me because that's not what it promises. But our faith does promise that no matter what is coming against us, that Jesus will walk with us right through it. That's what he promises. He doesn't promise we're not going to deal with nothing. In this life, you will face trials of many kind, but take heart, for I've overcome. So, so that's what our faith promises, is that he will be in the boat with us, never leaving us and never forsaking us. That's, that's what faith promises us. See, our faith will remind us in the valley, in the storm, who's backing us. Our faith will remind us that, that no matter what's happening to us, God's got us. God's got us. I think it's important for, for you to hear, man, God's got you. Not, not just us as a whole, but you as a person, as an individual. God's got you. It's a beautiful truth. See, look, look, the bully wasn't afraid of me. He was afraid of the one backing me. The enemy's not afraid of you, but boy, is he afraid of the one backing you. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. Amen. And at the name of Jesus, he has to flee, period. He's got to go. He's got to take his hands off. Man, our, our faith in Jesus should be a powerful source because we have the backing of God. We've got the backing of the power of the Holy Spirit. Your faith in Christ not only should be a powerful force, but it should be a power source that we draw from in times of need. A power source that causes us to be anxious for nothing but in everything with prayer and supplication. Make our requests known to God and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will then guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. That's a power source. No matter what happens, he's with me. It's a power source. You know, Jesus, he makes this statement. He says, let anyone who asks of me, let them ask in faith in my name. And whatever they ask, they will receive from my Father in heaven. That's powerful. This is what our faith should be doing for us every single day. It should, should cause us to, to cast all of our cares on him every single care on him because we have the faith that he cares for us that he's for us and if he's for us nothing and no one can stand against us this is what faith does come on tell your neighbor you got to have faith tell him you got to have faith now now maybe maybe you're thinking to yourself well, what exactly is faith what exactly is it 
It's a great question. What exactly is it? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 spells it out beautifully, perfectly. It says this, now faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the substance of things not yet seen. See, there is a substance of faith. There's an evidence to faith. It's, it's tangible, even though we can't see it yet. See, this is what faith means. Faith means we live with the certainty that God is exactly who he says he is, even though we haven't seen everything he says he is yet. And I, and I emphasize yet because one day... One day you will stand in the power of the Almighty. One day you will. One day we will all see the glory of God lifted above all the earth. One day we'll see the eastern sky split. And Jesus will come shining like the sun. Riding on the clouds. And it will be amazing. The kingdom of heaven is here. But not yet. That, that's that's faith. It's, it's here. I, I can sense God all around me. I know God is with me. I know he loves me. I know he's taking care of me. It's here, but I'm not in heaven yet, but I know it. See, that's, that's faith. Faith is believing with a certainty that Jesus can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you could ever ask, think, or imagine according to the power that's at work within you, according to the faith that you're able to exercise through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what that means. This is why Jesus on multiple occasions, he says, your faith has made you well. He didn't have to pray. No, no. Your faith, your faith in me has made you well. Go. And let it be done according to your faith. In other words, listen, we, we can't say we have faith and then not live it like we believe it. Because that's not faith. Like, like we, we can't say we have faith that Jesus heals. But then when it comes to our healing, we're like, ah, we're not certain about it. We're not absolutely certain about it. See, listen. Life and death is in the power of the tongue, church. So instead of saying things like, yeah, Jesus might heal me, or Jesus may, he may heal me, we need to start declaring the word of God. By his stripes, we are healed. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says he is Jehovah Rapha, the God that healeth thee. That's what the Bible says, period. And we need to be declaring, I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I will receive my healing in Jesus' name. And I'm going to walk with the certainty, even though I haven't seen it yet. And my life will just look like that pattern over and over and over again. That's faith. That's faith. See, we've got to believe that God is able, listen, while living in the tension at the exact same time that we may never see it on the earth. Listen to me. There's, a, there's such an incredible faith story of the Hebrew boys. Three Hebrew boys getting cast into the, to the fiery furnace. Incredible story. They tell King Nebuchadnezzar, man, we believe our God is able to save us from the fiery flames of the furnace. But even if he doesn't, I'll still serve him. I'll still put my faith in him. I know my God is able to heal me. I know it. But man, if he doesn't, I'm still going to serve him. 
I'm still putting my faith in him no matter what. Did you know in the book of James, it says this, faith without works is dead. It's absolutely dead. Meaning, faith is more than just believing. It is living what we say we are believing. That's faith. That's faith. Our lives and the way we walk and the way we talk on this earth should be a living proof that faith in Jesus is real and not just a concept. That it's real. You know, I think, I think actually a, a lot of times people who haven't given their lives to Christ, who, who would even say, I'm not saved, I've never put my faith in Jesus. Look at Christians who say we've given our life to Jesus, but we're not living out our faith. We're not certain of what God says is true. We're not, so we live in this, in this world where we're being tossed to and fro like a, a wind and like the wind does to the waves out in the ocean, right? And, we're, and so then we're walking around, we're all grumpy, we're all mad. We look like, you know, we don't know. Somebody took our, well, I won't say it. Anyway, we'll say pee in our Cheerios. But we walk around super grouchy and grumpy. And people who are outside the church look in and say, well, why in the world would I put my faith in what they're putting their faith in? They're mean. They're nasty. Why would I? They never smile. They're not joyful. Why would I want to follow Jesus? See, that's faith without works. It's absolutely dead. And it stinks and it's unattractive to the world and everybody around us. Man, listen to me. Men and women of God, we should be the most happy the most joyful people on the entire planet, no matter what's happening to us. You know why? Because we rejoice because our names are written in the Lamb's book of life, not because everything in our life is beautiful and easy. That's not why. Because my eternity is secure in heaven. That's why I rejoice. That's why I'm joyful. Not because I got every gifting in the world and my bank account's full and I can go wherever I want whenever I want. No, no, no. My name is written. I believe my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I have faith in that fact. See, faith is the evidence of things hoped for. It's the substance of things not yet seen. I haven't seen my healing yet. I'm not sure how God is going to provide for me yet. But I believe it's true. But I have faith that God is working all things together. He's, he's working all things together for my good for his glory because his word says so that's why I'm not just pulling stuff out of thin air church listen everything I'm saying is in the Bible by the way like I'm not just giving you good ideas this is scripture because faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God that's faith church that's faith and listen to me listen to me faith is not an event it's a lifestyle it's not an event. See, it's not like the pastor one day said, hey, repeat this prayer after me, and I did, oh, Lord Jesus. Woo! I have faith. No, no, no. It's a lifestyle. The Bible says the righteous shall live by faith. And it's evident. There's substance to our life because of it. Man, we need to be living what we say we are believing. And if we don't, look, if we don't live our life that way, and this right here is harsh, what I'm about to say, but you'll, you'll be all right. 
if we don't walk by faith, if we aren't living what we say we are believing, then we're no, we're no better than the demons. We're no better than the demons. Our faith level is at the same level as the devil. James literally says this. He says, oh, so you believe? You believe God is one? Huh, good for you. Even the demons believe God and shudder at his name. But they haven't had their faith increase to the level to live in the righteousness of God. The righteous shall live by faith. The demons aren't doing that. So their, their faith level stays at believing. This thing has to go from believing to living. It has to. It has to. Faith is, faith is more than a set of beliefs. It's more than that. It's how we live our every day. It's how we walk and talk. And then as we are living it because we believe it, when God speaks something to us, we just obey it. That's the word of God. Faith comes from hearing that word. So I'm just going to do it so my faith increases. So my faith continues to increase in who he is. Let me tell you what faith does. Faith will cause us to push all the chips in the center of the table of life. There's no plan B. There's no plan C. There's not like this cool backup plan or this back road in order to get to the place that I want to get to. No, no, no. Faith, I'm on one road. It's the narrow road. It's the narrow path. And if anything tries to pull me off of that, that's got to go. And God, I'm just fully trusting you. That's all I've got. I I got nothing else. Listen, I, I don't have anything else but the Lord. That's it. I have nothing else but Jesus. He's it. He's it. The good news is he's never let me down yet. And he won't do it now. You've got to have faith. You've got to have faith. Here's why you've got to have faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You cannot please him. You cannot follow him. You cannot obey him. Without faith, it will not happen. This is not a white knuckle event, church. This is a lifestyle that you choose every day. Lord, I choose to put one foot over the other every day and obey your word. Come on and stand to your feet, please. I think it's a good place to stop for today. Because I really believe that we're to open the altars this morning. In the 8.30 connection time, people got wrecked by the presence of God. Absolutely wrecked. And I'm believing this, man. I'm believing. I felt like the Lord was like, look, only preach enough time so that you can leave time for the altar call because I want to do something new in people's lives if they choose to bring me their lives. I'll do something brand new. I'll do something they've never experienced before. And that's what faith does, man. It makes us experience God in ways we never thought possible in our entire life. It's amazing. It's amazing. So we're going to have the worship team's going to play. And as you come, man, I've already been praying that when you get here, man, you're going to be met by God. And that the gift of faith is going to go out and it's going to be like a seed planted in your heart today. If you want it, you got to choose it. If I could do it for you, I would, but I can't. And so we're going to open the altars and 
believe as you come, being obedient to him, asking him to fill you with his faith, man. He's going he's gonna to increase you and give you a double portion of it this morning, I believe it. Because we need God to begin to increase our faith now because of where he's taking us in this series. I'm telling you, I know where we're headed, and it's intense. And we wouldn't be able to handle it today with the faith level we got. So the Lord changed my whole direction last night at 8 p.m., 9 p.m. last night. No, no, we're going to go this way right now, Keith. Okay, Lord, cool. Because they're not ready for that yet. So we need God to increase our faith today for where he wants to take us next week. Father, I thank you for each and every person here. You see our hearts, oh Lord. And I pray right now, Holy Spirit, you begin to draw, draw us to yourself, each and every one of us. I pray that as we come to you and we ask you for the gift of faith, that God, you would pour it out in good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and it will be running over in the laps of every single one of us who desire it from you. Holy Spirit, begin to move. Begin to move on our hearts right now and take us from faith to faith today, I pray. Amen. Amen. The altars are open.